I was about to start singing. What's that? That damn Sierra song. Five. And I know no. that he won't break my heart. What am I thinking of? One, two step. Level up. Level up. That's what I was thinking. Oh, level up. Level up. Threw me all the way off. I'm sorry. Welcome back to Trap Therapy, y'all. <laughs> Sidebar. Welcome back, y'all. What's up, Rollis? How has your week been? I am tired. Like I yeah. am tired this week. I don't yeah. know why. It's it's Wednesday, but it just baby, it feels like today should be Friday evening. <laughs> I'm tired. Like, I'm just tired. Like, I'm just tired. I don't know. My iron low or something. I don't, is that, I don't know. I'm I'm tired. I don't took, I took like two naps today. You had time for two naps? It would be like little brief little spurts, like a little half an hour here, 20 minutes there, like nothing crazy. Yeah. So tired. I don't know. But other than that, the week's been good. Um, I'm out here, you know, still trying lounges every night. So that's been wonderful. It's been the highlight of my day. You basically. really be going on dates with yourself. Every, yeah, pretty much. I try to at least do two to three times a week. It's not every night because that's a lot. But yeah, like two to three nights, I'm like, oh, I'm going places and trying stuff. So that has been fun. It's been fun. I, you know, I meet people. So, you know, just, you know, be cool with the bartenders. And then it's cool because then they recommend places and say, oh, you should try this restaurant added to my list so yeah by spring I want to be able to you know get off at five and it's about 89 degrees outside and be like well let me just shimmy on over here so it's been wonderful how have you been how are things going with you I'm tired (laughs) girl yeah I don't like I'm just I don't know I'm just I'm tired and I don't even know it's not even like mentally tired I'm like physically tired you know like I really need like a nine hour nap or something today was super busy for me I felt like my office was a revolving door um as soon as one child left another child came in and I was just like when does it end all right when does it stop when does it stop um but yeah I'm I'm just I'm tired I'm I'm gonna need maybe like a little vacation probably that's what I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself get get through January yeah maybe take a day or two in February. I think that's kind of what I'm thinking too. It's like, I don't know, this just seems like a long month. I feel like it usually does. Yeah. It's just dragging. Um, and then, you know, February go by in about four days. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to take a little weekend just to do nothing. I'm take those off. personal days, y'all. Okay. Vacation. I'm going to plan a staycation for February. I'm going, even if it's like Galveston or somewhere san antonio or something like that that's what i'm gonna do just yeah break break this up right here and even if i can't do a vacation i think i want a day where it's just like ugh, like i could maybe go to a spa maybe go see a chiropractor i have a nice lunch i get my nails you know like just all the things that just 
we need to book that for February. We need to take get, let's do that on a Friday. That way we have we need us. A then you have the weekend. Yeah, we need us a three day weekend. That's what yeah, that'll be cute. What are we gonna talk about today on track therapy? So today I wanted to talk about um the stages of change. Um, I think it's six of them. Yes, the no five. There's like another one that's at the end, but it's not really in there. But yeah, so the five stages of change and kind of what that looks like as far as motivation, just knowing where you are as far as establishing like, you know, setting goals and things like that. What is it that you wanted to bring to the table today? Um, Today, I'm going to talk about attachment styles um, and maybe what attachment style you are. And if you have an attachment style that maybe is not the best attachment style, how you could possibly change it, you know? Um, so that's what we're gonna talk about today, Chad. I'm I'm hoping that'll help y'all because you know Valentine's Day on the horizon. So maybe y'all can get y'all lives figured out before then. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh God, that's coming again. Oh. oh yeah. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump into it. <laughs> Yeah, this is funny because we have a new setup, right? So now I can actually see Wallace's fine ass self. And he can see me looking like a big ass toe. So now I can see his reactions in in Oh God. Well, uh, we'll have uh All right. So let's get into attachment styles, shall we? All right, so you guys are probably thinking, what the fuck is even attachment style? Like, I've never heard of that before. And maybe you haven't, right? But attachment styles are a very, very easy thing to understand. So there are four attachment styles that, there are only four. So you're going to have to fall into one of these four categories. Um, So there is an anxious attachment style. There is an avoidant attachment style. There is disorganized attachment style. And then there is also a secure attachment style. Now you also might be thinking, okay, that's great, but what the fuck does that have to do with me? Okay, we're going to learn about that. As we know, it's human nature for us to all want to be in some type of relationship. We all crave intimacy, whether it's platonic or whether it's romantic, right? We're always seeking to love somebody and to support somebody. We like comfort as humans, as sometimes as sickening as that might seem. It's a real and true thing. All right. (laughs) The sickness is what it is. It's sick. It's sickening, right? So when we talk about love and when we talk about specifically relationships, it's very important to understand your attachment style so that you can also comprehend how you may be acting or reacting to certain things based upon your attachment style. Now, another thing you might be asking yourself is, okay, I kind of do know my attachment style, but what I, I'm not understanding what the hell does that have to do with the partners that I pick? And I want you to ask yourself this question. Ooh. Have you ever noticed that you have a repeating pattern about the, the niggas or the women that you choose to get in relationships with? Mm. Jesus be a And if the answer to that question is yes, Miss Mamas or Mr. Papas, then that means that your attachment style is so 
on top of your shoulders that you just can't break away from it, right? Oh, it's got you in a chokehold. Yeah. And have you ever wondered why you keep on ending up in the same situations, even with different men's or women's? <laughs> you were you, you raw tonight, Jessica. Go ahead. Go. Woo! You know, it might be a thing where you get clingy, you get too clingy, or you get too jealous, or maybe you're just unavoidant like you're, you're avoidant of everything maybe you don't like know how to communicate okay if those might be they're all related to your attachment style all right but when we get down to the nitty-gritty attachment really comes all down to how your mammy and your pappy raised you isn't that sickening child and uh, <laughs> uh, mm, so it's, it's your, so no matter what it's your parents fault it's kind of it's always your mama and your daddy's fault it's always it always has to deal with childhood right so i don't know maybe you had parents that let's just say for instance you had parents who were actually like really loving and they were attentive and they also gave you freedom and some type of autonomy and they knew how to communicate with you you probably most likely have a secure attachment style. Now, if you were raised by parents who were chaotic. Wild as a roach. Wild as a roach. Neither here nor there. They are just fine by the seat of their coattails. We don't even know if you were really supposed to be here, but here we are as parents. You might have a disorganized type of secure, I mean, disorganized attachment style, right? So it all really stems for your parents and it all stems from early childhood. All right. So if you guys don't know, you like the five, you, we've talked about five love languages on here. You can find out your attachment style with a very, very easy quiz. Usually all you have to do is just type in Google attachment style quiz and there's going to be a quiz for you that's maybe like 10 15 minutes and it's going to tell you exactly what your attachment style is now every person does not necessarily like 100 fit into a single category right so it's like you might be having a secure attachment but you have a little bit of an anxious attachment to some traits or characteristics of something else right right so we're going to talk about the attachment styles. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty because we just kind of did a little background. All right. So we're going to talk about how they manifest in your adulthood, right? Because I feel like most of our viewers are adults. If you're a child listening to this, I'm conf- I'm a little bit confused, but. Just, well, if you're a child listening to this, just know it, it only, as you get older, it only gets more ghetto. It, it's, it's a downhill slide. Baby. It gets worse from here, sweetheart, <laughs> but you learn how to cope better. Dude, All right. Navigate, but it's going to be a mess, honey. Um, <laughs> it is a Hawaiian roller coaster ride. Do you hear me? All right. So the first thing we're going to talk about is anxious, preoccupied attachment style. So for adults with an anxious attachment style, the partner is often the better half, right? So the thought of living without a partner causes them very much high levels of stress and high levels of anxiety. Most likely they don't do things by themselves. Have you ever seen a couple where it's like, why are y'all always together? Oh, are those like the couples that like go to the bathroom together? Not not doing nothing crazy, but just like walk together there and, you know, or, or just- Yes. I, I be like- 
Yeah, they're the couples that when you go into a restaurant and there's a booth, they're both sitting on the same side of the booth. Oh, God, that drives me crazy. <laughs> that drives me Nuts! I hate hate to see it. I hate to see it. I like don't... why? It's a it's a whole other space over there. Get your ass over there in that other seat. It's just like calm down. Like let oh. them breathe. Oh. Let them breathe. So people who have like an anxious or preoccupied attachment style, they typically have like low self esteem. They have negative self image. Um, but they even though they think about that about themselves, they have a very much positive view of others. Right. And the anxious adult often seeks approval and support and responsiveness from their partner. So they need like constant affirmation, Mm. literally all the time, all of the damn time. They, they, they revere like their relationships with others. Like they put them on a pedestal, um, but are often anxious and worried that their loved one is like not as invested in the relationship as they are. So then they feel like they're most of the time getting the short end of the stick. Oh, you know, well, since you brought it up, well, since we talk about it, you know, it's scary. <laughs> well, since you brought it up. Since I brought it up. I, you know, in, in, in real life practice, I guess I would say the people that I um I come across who have these, like, come across, like, very, like, insecure within their relationships and almost, yeah. like, will get into a relationship and then feel like they have to go overboard to try to maintain it to try to maintain this dynamic where it's like like girl ain't no wasn't nobody checking for him ain't nobody like why girl don't nobody want him to me those are like the people like uh you may see somebody you know like oh hey how you doing well who is that like just and they get very who is that bitch and you really be looking like oh it, but i think you know no shade but i think those a lot of people like that ain't never had a bad bitch before like they ain't never Have had so they when they get one, they don't know what to do with them. They, they don't, don't know, know what, what to do with it. They don't know what to and do with it. They go above and beyond. And that, you know, sometimes that's when you when you dating outside your station or you date if you're dating somebody that you feel like is above you in a certain way, I think those people will have that inner conflict and will try to make, you know, try to do whatever they can to protect whatever they feel like they earn. But at oh, it's just oh. It can be too much because on top of that, on top of like being anxious, it's like they always fear that they're going to be abandoned too at the same time. And safety is like a priority for them. And you know, when you're around somebody who feels like you're always going to leave them, it feels like you're being suffocated in the relationship, you know? And with those type of people, because I think because they're so anxious, they'll kind of see or create conflict where there isn't conflict that it'd be like, well, you didn't text me back. You'd be like, well, girl, I was busy. Oh, I was I at work. You. You'd be like, how did you take something? But it, it's really not nothing to action. Just like, oh, your anxiety is putting stuff in your head that's making you see and think, see things that aren't actually there. Right. Messy. Messy. The second one is avoidant and dismissive attachment style. So if you are avoidant, dismissive, you have this attachment style, you are usually like described as the lone wolf. You're strong, you're independent, you're a boss bitch, you're self-sufficient. You don't need or want for everything. You can do it by yourself. You don't ask for help. You hear me? I don't need him for nothing. (laughs) I don't need you for nothing. I can do this by myself. no man take care of me okay that's that's really it right these 
people who have this type of like attachment style, they have super high self-esteem and they view themselves in a very positive light. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but they can be very dismissive in relationships because they feel like they don't need a relationship. You get what I'm saying? Even if they're in a relationship. It's like, well, why are we even here? Why are we doing this? That's almost like psychological singlehood to be in a relationship, but still function as a single person. You need to coin that term. I think I listen I think I learned it in like undergrad like I remember hearing it and it was like it's people who get into situations but with so many of their responsibilities in the way that they, they always they part of so many things of their life they still see themselves as a single person and they kind of be like oh I I, I gotta do this but I can still do this or I, you know make amends where it's like oh and it usually like causes conflict because it, it's very much like I mean I, I would say like it, it very much reminds me of this probably in case this don't work out let me have a backup plan let yeah me, it's always a plan b it's almost like let me not get too comfortable yeah yeah because those who are have avoided and dismissive attachment style they they don't emotional closeness is not really like a thing for them if that makes sense um and then because one they don't depend on others um right. like at all um they usually have others that depend on them a lot because they're seen as like the strong independent self-sufficient I could do it by myself type of person um and they like don't seek support or help or approval or affirmation from anybody and that can be a little bit difficult in relationships to deal with because generally we want a partner a partner is there to like share with you in moments that are happy sad dark whatever the hell the case might be right and then they they child they be hiding and suppressing their damn feelings like ain't nothing wrong with them just walking around with a mask on like okay yeah i got it i got it i could do it by myself you're dying you're you're literally crumbling inside but you you got it though so i'm gonna let you have it i'm gonna let you have it yeah all right so that one's avoidant the third one is disorganized and fearful avoidant so those who have disorganized um attachment they tend to show up very unstable and have ambiguous behaviors in their social bonds okay i bet you're saying like okay what the fuck do you mean by that i'm not really understanding um, so the, the partner and the relationship itself are often like a source of both desire and also fear at the same time. And I bet you're saying that's confusing because it is, it is very confusing. So fearful avoidant people do not want intimacy and closeness, but at the same time, they experience trouble trusting and depending on others. Do you see how chaotic that is? Chaos. Chaos. It's, it's completely chaotic. It's like, I want to be loved, but I don't want to love you. That's, mm. that's what it's giving. It, it does not make sense. Um, and they don't regulate their emotions very well. It's usually here, there, everywhere. Um, and they avoid strong emotional attachment due to their feelings getting hurt. The fear of actually getting hurt in a relationship. It's just these sound like people who can come probably come across kind of flaky or kind of yes, well, just kind of 
they don't know what they want very inconsistent like very much like very much like from day to day like i don't know what the hell is going on like i don't i don't know where we at i don't know what's going i couldn't tell you and i but i think that's I, and i get that can be frustrating but i think you know with those people usually they don't really know so it's really hard exactly to say like this is what they want if they're still constantly negotiating because they don't know they can't really be the consistent you know person that you need exactly <clears throat> and then the fourth one that we have is the secure attachment style all right and it sounds exactly what what it, it, it sounds like so the secure attachment style it basically means that a person is comfortable expressing their emotion freely um they can depend on their partners and in turn they can let their partners rely on them um usually their relationships are based off of like honesty and transparency tolerance emotional closeness um and people who have secure attachment styles they usually thrive pretty well in mm. relationships they're able to make boundaries they're able to communicate effectively like that like Ari said they don't depend on like the responsiveness responsiveness or approval of their partners and they have like a positive view not only about themselves but also about the relationship so out of those four, you should probably be like, mm, I think I know where I stand when it comes to attachment styles. Now, quite honestly, we kind of all want to have a secure attachment style at some point in our life because we just can't be going around um, avoiding feelings, not communicating, not really knowing what the hell we want, also being dismissive. Like it, it's just too much. We, we, we kind of getting too big in age in that. So secure attachment style is really what we want to have. So. Yeah. And I think that it's important for people to know that you can start off with a secure attachment style and through some fuckery that happens, you end yes. up other places um, that you don't necessarily plan on that you become you can become an anxious person within your relationship if, you know, I, I think that's very common to be like, oh, before this, I was very trusting, I was very secure, I was all these things. This happened, and as a result of that, now there's things that I'm constantly thinking about or worrying about that I would have never thought about. So I do think a lot of it, you know, outside of even how you were raised, like you can come, you can be secure coming out, and then you, you get with the, the wrong one, and it can kind of shift. It brings out. something out of you, child. It does and I think that's what I, I think that's what I see for a lot of people is that you know and especially if you have a habit of choosing the wrong person and kind of getting the same kind of thing then it almost kind of teaches you that oh I have to be this person in this situation because I can't trust these niggas worth a damn so I always got to be on edge that it's kind of like you know it, it's a it's a give and take thing to see how people can end up in that situation where that wasn't who their baseline to begin with yeah exactly because even if you feel like you are in a stable relationship there might be some patterns or behaviors in in the relationship that you have with somebody and be like uh -huh, i don't kind of like how i act in these type of situations or like these specific things bother me and they make me a little bit stressed and unhappy um but the only <clears throat> unfortunately you're gonna have to have a little bit of self-awareness and recognize that in yourself right can't nobody really tell you i mean unless it's your partner like hey girl i think you got an avoidant dismissive attachment style let's work let's go check on that <laughs> let's go check on that right 
let's go check on that. And honestly, the only way to heal from that and to, to be able to get a secure attachment bond with others in relationships, you're going to have to, sounds very cliche, but you're going to have to dig deep down inside and kind of reveal the childhood that you had. Or maybe that last toxic relationship that you had that that really did it to you and um, dig up how we got here and how we can actually move on and have a secure attachment with people. But that's that's something you got to work on yourself. It's not really up to your partner. Don't put that responsibility on your damn partner to be like, oh, I have this chaotic, disorganized attachment style. You got to make sure I'm secure. No, it doesn't work like that. That sound like always oh, made me think of uh, insecure so much. It really made me think of who. Um, it made me think of Issa. She was so chaotic that it was like, oh, she can't be with nobody that's chaotic. Like they two 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 chaoses don't work. That Lawrence was chaotic though. And they got married. He was chaotic. Nathan was chaotic. They all was chaotic, and it was just like, oh. I miss that show. But you know what? That's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, if you guys want to know your attachment style and to learn more about it, you can always, like I said, Google it and you can figure it out within like 15 minutes. It doesn't take that long. So yeah, get into it. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was wonderful. Thank, thank you. You're thank welcome. You All right, whore. So let's get into it. <laughs> Let's stages of change. So I really wanted to go over stages of change because I feel like, you know, all you new year, new me people are out there and you got all these goals and plans and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We're all developing and we're trying to change, but I think it's important for us to know where we are actually in that cycle. So Mm -hmm. stages of change are pre-contemplation, contemplation, contemplation, Mm -hmm. preparation, Mm action maintenance and then relapses up in there as well Mm. i'm gonna go over each one of these um and typically i would say stages of change are they do that with a lot of um addiction therapy um, yeah um and i also do it with people who are just whatever reason they're coming to therapy to just kind of see where they gauge where they actually are in um addressing some of the concerns that maybe were laid before them but were not things that they necessarily agree with to kind of figure out where they are in you know navigating that so um pre-contemplation so in the pre-contemplation stage um people are not thinking seriously about changing and are not interested in any kind of help Mm-hmm. Um, people in this day tend to defend their current bad habits and do not feel it's a problem. Um, they may be defensive in the face of other people's efforts to pressure them to quit. So um, in this stage right here, I'm good. I don't need no help. I got some stuff. I, I, I don't got nothing going I on. I got to take it care of. Leave me the hell alone. I, I, I'm going to be all right. I might mm-hmm. got to move stuff around, but I'm really not. I'm Gucci, like I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I like right now, and so you know, as um, working with people in this stage, like it's very, what we don't like to do is um, tell people what they what their problem is. Like it's very coming from a place. So what do you what do you think your problem is? And let's start from here because nobody wants to. So so uh, I think these people in this position are very ignorant to bliss. I don't know nothing about it, so I'm I'm good. And so what we kind of do in this era, um, in the, in this area is just say, hey, you you're not ready yet. You don't feel like it's a problem. 
that's where you are right now. Um, to do some, and I would encourage people to do some self exploration um, and to, you know, encourage to reevaluate their behaviors. And I really think about like, oh, is, is this is this like going to be beneficial long term? Is this like where I am? Um, is this what I want to be doing? You know, have others maybe identify that these are some things, some areas for me. I may not be a total agreement, but you know, to kind of help them facilitate the start to move towards the next stage. It's kind of yeah. free the. Um, the pre-contemplation stage of change, right? Mm-hmm. So the next stage is contemplation. So in the contemplation stage, people are more aware of the personal consequences of their bad habit um, and they spend time thinking about the problem. Um, although they are able to consider the possibility of changing, they are like amb- ambivalent about it. So it might be a problem one day, but it may not be a problem the next day. That it's kind of like, eh, it might not be the best thing that I'm doing, but I'm, I'm still weighing out if it's something I really want to, you know, take ownership of and take action. So um, in this age, people are on a, like on, on a seesaw, weighing the pros and cons of modifying their behavior. Um, so they may think about the negative aspects of their bad habit, um, of the bad habit and the positive associated with giving something up. But they kind of say, I don't know if the long term benefits will outweigh the short term cost. So, so they're you know, like, in theory, they're like, mm, I should probably change this, but uh, I don't know if I'm really feeling it right now. And it could be, it might be serving them a pers- purpose right now, or it might be like, oh, in the next two or three months, this I, I should not, I damn sure should be doing this for five years, but for the it's next okay for now. It's okay for now. And I think that's kind of where a lot of people, I would say get stuck at um, is the kind of, of recognize like, oh, damn, I really, I really have to do all that. And I think usually when they they operate in this stage very much like when it's something, uh, a bad habit, like maybe like blows up really one bad time or like say like if you're somebody who struggles with your anger management and then you really go off the deep end one time and it gets really bad, but you kind of like, oh, yes, that one instance was horrible, terrible. It's not usually that bad though. So they it's not are, that bad. It's like it's bad. I ain't gonna say it's not, but it ain't it ain't, it ain't that. that bad. And I think that is kind of where um they take that. So I think it can take a, a lifetime for people to get through um the contemplation stage um because they keep thinking about uh I would really have to to really have a lot of personal conversations with myself if I wanted to move that. So these people are receptive to receiving information about the habit more so than contemplation. Um, And they might use some interventions and think about some of the things, but they're not really, um, they're not not committed. They're very sitting on the fence. Yeah. Um, And I would say they're not really considering the change in the next month or so. Um, And so we can kind of encourage them and say, okay, well, you, you, you're at least recognizing that this may not always be the best thing. That's a start. We, we getting somewhere. We're not just completely in denial. Like we're, we're moving forward. Um, and I think a lot of people operate in that place for a long time. And I think, especially if this is a behavior or an attitude or whatever that they've had for as long wow. as it's kind of like, well, I've somehow managed to function with it all this time. Would my life be better if I didn't do this? Probably. Probably, yes. But damn, it's going to take a lot of work to change it. Mm. Okay. And I think that's the thing that, that scares people the most is that you, it takes a lot, a lot, a lot to change behaviors that you have been doing for years. You got to unwire think, your whole life. Yeah, and I think a lot of people struggle with 
who am I without these behaviors? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I truly change these things about me, who am I? And then who am I within certain relationships? Because people have an expectation of you if you, if you have certain behaviors for 40 plus years. That if you right. change, usually when you start to change, for better or for worse, your relationships with other people change, like the dynamic change. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, although you may not love the, the dynamic that you have within your situations now, you're comfortable in that, in that you know what to expect. Even if it's chaos, you know to expect chaos. You've prepared yourself for chaos all this other time. But when you start to make those changes, baby, those people that you have religious may not want you to, to, to be a part of that anymore. And I think that's a very hard thing for people to, um, to reconcile. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. We did use this, you know, I used to be a substance abuse counselor. So we use this a lot and, you know, in group therapy and stuff like that. And when people were at that stage where they were, they were just like contemplating and then they moved on to the next stage, which you're about to talk about. It was kind of like, oh damn, like I don't kick it with them no more. I don't talk to these friends no more. Cause I realized that once I started, stopped doing these specific behaviors, I realized that, hell, I really only hang around these niggas when we drinking and smoking. And it's like, Hmm. And now that you cut out the drinking and smoking, you realize that you don't have a relationship outside of that, outside of these behaviors. Very fascinating. Yeah, it, it is very interesting. And I get that, you know, even if, you know, you have a situation where you're, you're maybe surrounded by people and it, a lot of times it's very close loved ones that you like, yeah, but I, I don't want to sacrifice this relationship with my grandparent or my cousin or whoever it is by changing. And although, and I think, you know, with, with having with close connections, I can understand that anxiety of like, oh, this has always been our relationship. It's a hot damn mess, but you know, we have this emotional connection, and to think about not having that because I want to improve for myself can be a very daunting task. So I definitely understand how people get caught up in this phase. Mm-hmm. So once we can kind of help navigate and move past that, we end up um, we move on to the preparation um, and determination stage. So in this stage, people have a commitment to make a change. Um, their motivation for changing is reflected by statements such as I've got to do something about this. This is serious. Um, something has got to change. What can I do? Um, and this is where people start to make um, small changes um, to get there. They're looking at resources there you know, looking to um, actually get started. And the thing about with all these stages, um, before I forget, like you can um, advance and go back and regress. Mm-hmm. All the time. Skip stages, you can go back. Um, similar to kind of what we talked about with the cycle of grief, like there is not a, there's a, a, a general like uh, direction that we can say people can go through, um, but you don't necessarily have to go through all stages and you can skip over this stage. But I want to say this is the, all right, I'm thinking about what I'm going to do. I'm, 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 you know, having conversations about if I were to put a plan into action, what would that plan look like? How would that plan yeah. look like? And, um, and so it's very much like, I would call it like very much like the planning phase. Like you're not doing anything yet um, action-wise, but you're very much like out. It's almost like creating an outline of, okay, this is what this is going to look like. This is how I'm going to implement it this is what um, this is going to look like. Um, and then with this, it's like testing the waters and like, okay, this is very much, give me, give me to the first. The first, I'm, I'm on it. I'm, I'm ready for it. Um, and then it's just, during this phase, it's just really helping people see possible obstacles that, um, obstacles that might come up, possible things that um, may detract them or kind of roadblocks um, and then kind of helping them understand like, 
who are your um, social supports? And I think in this stage, the very, the most important thing is to identify the small steps. And mm-hmm. so small steps is not focused on 10 years from now, five years from now, one year. It's just very much like, hey, this is probably a difficult time. So we don't just get prepared. Let's, let's just get through the week. Let's start. There. Let's, let's get through not- the next 24 hours. Yeah, because if, if you don't, I think if you if you get overwhelmed um, at that stage, you're not going to get to the action stage, which is the next one. Right. So within the action stage, um, which is stage four, this is where people um, believe they have the ability to change their behavior are actively involved in taking steps to change their negative behaviors by using a variety of techniques. Um, this is usually the shortest of all stage. Um, the, the amount of times um, um, varies for each person. It lasts about um, six months, but it, it can be a lot shorter than that. It can last for a day. It can last less than a day. It can be like, yeah. Um, so this is a stage where most people depend on their own willpower. Um, they're making efforts to quit or change the behavior and at the greatest risk for relapse because now you're putting in practice these changes that you've made. And so now you're getting the reactions and the feedback. And that is kind of where, you know, maybe all your anxieties that you've had about changing now they're actually you're starting to see them in real world practices like you're actually seeing like oh damn this is changing this is changing this is changing Mm -hmm. changing." and I think it can be overwhelming like when you actually are starting to do it because I think you have anxiety about what you think is going to happen but that's almost better than stuff is actually happening and now you have to figure out how to navigate that yeah so mentally these people like review their commitment to themselves and develop plans to avoid the slip-ups. Um, it's very much like having uncomfortable conversations and saying, hey, I can't do that no more. Like, yes, I've been, we've been doing this for, for years and years and years, but now I'm in a- I ain't different. fucking with it no more. I can't, I can't fool with you no more. Like, you know, you with the bullshit. Like, I, you know, I can't, I can't go with it. And this is like restructuring and learning. I want to say like the biggest thing in this phase, um, I feel like is learning how to problem solve in the moment. Yeah. Because I only have so many plans about how you're going to address what if this comes up what if this comes up you can't do that for everything a Mm-mm. lot of stuff is learning decision making skills and problem solving skills so that when stuff comes up you can kind of outweigh out your options and then say to yourself okay this is what's going on these are some things that i could possibly do let this one makes the most sense let me go ahead and try that one um but you can't prepare for everything that's just not real life and it's not realistic at all baby it's going to be um, those random things that pop up and you don't have to not you got to you got to do it in the moment you can't yeah you, so many people like want to know like what if this happens and then what if they say this and what if she does that and what is it and it's just like even if hypothetically we came up with all those possible options who the hell's going to remember all of them in the nobody moment? i don't remember all that like girl trust yourself Trust yourself that you are going to make the best decision for yourself. I think, and I think this is very much where people probably need a lot of reassurance to be like, oh yeah, this is, this was going to happen as a result of you changing. This is going to be a result of taking action to change bad habits. Things are going to start happening and it's going to be easy for you to want to revert and be like, you know what, never mind. I just want to go back to regular, regular, what I was doing before. It, sometimes it takes, I would say, like a few false starts to get going. Um, but hopefully, um, the more that you enter into the action phase and get this going, you will move into maintenance. Um, so maintenance is maintenance involves being able to successfully avoid any temptation, any temptations, and return to the bad habit. Um, the goal of maintenance um, is to maintain the new status quo that you've reached, 
And people in this stage tend to remind themselves of how much progress they've made. So this is very much a, you've identified some new behaviors that you want to do. You've implemented them. You have a new system. Now it's just maintaining it. It's like not getting too comfortable, not relaxing and not um, letting yourself slip back into old habits without realizing it. So a lot of people will get it going, get a new habit. Like even with something like dieting or exercise, like I was killing it, bam, bam, bam summertime hit girl i don't know what happened to me i don't know what happened i just baby oh, god turned the temperature up and you was like i'm i'm out in these streets oh i'm gonna I'm do it tomorrow oh that oh there's somebody having a barbecue i'm gonna catch it and i do think you always have to give yourself allowances like you have to yeah break, but it's like i think this is um what i would say is going back to what we've talked about previously is figuring out what your new baseline is and then being aware of it and kind of saying okay you know, it, 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 what I think the, the, the biggest thing that happens is a lot of people don't like, like backslide, like a lot, like you go from 10 all the way back down to one. It's like, yeah. you, know, you, go, you go down to like nine and a half, nine, eight. And it seems so small and incremental that you'd be like, oh, I'm going to get back on task. And then before you know it, um, it's happened so slowly that you end up. You're back at one. That I think that is what's so crushing and makes you feel so defeated because, you know, it, the, th- the, the thing that sucks is it takes so much time to build up, but they be, the fall it doesn't take a lot of time to the fall break, break that down. Lift, you hear me? And I think during this stage, um, you may have to n- deal with new dynamics that can really put you in doubt of all the things. You, you can suffer something tragic, something really, really negative can happen, and it can really make you feel like, what, did, what was all this for? Why did I do all this? So, um, it's very important that um, during this stage, people to continue to strive for um, what they feel like is meaningful um, and worthwhile and to be patient with themselves. And I, But I do think to give yourself allowances to be like, you know what, I've been doing good all month. Let me go get me a cheeseburger. It ain't the worst thing in the world, but I have a plan on how to get back on track, but not to make this, uh, you know, it's not where I'm like, I'm, I'm becoming too rigid because I think that's always difficult. Yeah. Um, it's important to navigate that and then there you know with these stages there is possibility of relapse yeah that's just it happens it's the name of the game it happens and it's a constant um I think it's something that we all have to constantly navigate that you know it's just that honestly like doing the work on yourself is honestly it's hard as shit like it's difficult it ain't a race it's a marathon it is a lot easier to just not give a damn it's it's it really is and i think and i understand how you get comfortable in that and you just you get exhausted you get tired and you just whether it's mentally emotionally a physical illness something sets you back it is very easy to just end up in a space of being like i'm just gonna go back to what is easy right not always good but it's always but it's convenient it's easy it's convenient it's what you know it's been a part of your routine for so long that it just feels comfortable now yeah so I think that you know with just navigating these changes whatever you're working on or whatever you're deciding to do it's okay it's normal like to to alternate between stages to jump ahead to jump behind to relapse um but as long as you're still being mindful doing what you can and doing the work is like the best you know hopefully the outcome that you can have I as always like if you need therapy or you need like, you know, a support system, that's always good for someone to help you keep you motivated. But I think what I've, what I've been trying to do more recently with everybody is just 
it's okay. It, it happens to normalize things and to not beat yourself up because I think when you beat yourself up, you just end up in a place of self-hate, but you're not necessarily doing anything. It just makes you feel worse. And so you do even less. And that's all, obviously, um, we're not usually very motivational for anybody to be in that space. Um, and so those are the phases of change. And that really, it can relate to whether you're trying to kick an old habit, stop dealing with somebody that you ain't supposed to be dealing with, you know, whatever it looks like, but there's always these stages of, of change and kind of figuring out where you are, what your baseline is, and kind of what you need to do to navigate between these stages. Yeah. Change, change, change. It's hard changing. It really is. Um, it's hard for me sometimes changing, and I'm a full-ass therapist, so honestly, like, what do you think your biggest issue is when it comes to changing? What do you what what do you struggle with? It's constant evaluation about yourself, which can be very um exhausting sometimes. Absolutely. It can be it can be a little bit exhausting. And I think I myself personally, um hey baby, think if I backslide, I don't be backsliding the day and then be like, I'm gonna go back. Yeah. I'm gonna get back to it tomorrow. No, baby, I I backslide for like three, 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 four days, and then by day four, I'm like, Shh, I should have. Like, say for example, me, I I said I was like, I'm a, I'm going to dedicate myself to going to the gym four days a week. Plus, I already dance at the studio, so that's like five days a week of some type of physical activity. If I don't go to the gym one day, I give myself too much grace. That's the thing. If I don't go to, say, if I don't go to the gym on Monday, Tuesday come along and I'm like, okay, I go to the studio. So that's my physical activity. Boom. Then Wednesday come along and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm supposed to go to the gym, but I mean, I did physical activity yesterday. So the next thing I know is Thursday. I still have not going to the gym because I'm like, okay, we're going to start again. We're going to start a new next week. Right. Yeah. I think a lot of people fall into that. I, I mean, I, I think that you have me. I think I'm very, I'm very good at convincing myself that things that, convincing myself of things and being okay with it. I'm very good at rationalizing stuff with myself. Yeah. To make, okay. to make it make sense. Yeah, to make it make, I'll be like, oh, well, technically, but, and I can still do this and blah, blah, blah. And then, like just kind of looking for that out to be like, oh, okay, so that's why I don't have to be responsible. Like that's why, and I'm very, I get that, and I, and I guess what's hardest for me is I always like feel worse the next day or after fact. I'm like, yeah. Now you could have, and I could have been done. Like it wasn't even, you know. And I think, and I think it's just the getting started. Once you it is, started, yeah, that's not that hard, but it's just getting over that hump to get started. Yeah. Meaning, once you have good momentum, once I have good momentum, I can keep it going. But it's it's the first few hard ass pushes of getting that wheel to turning, and I'll be like, yeah. Mm. And I think a lot of times it's also having if you have people who, while you're rationalizing, are gonna be like, yeah, you're right, you you good, you don't got to. I think that can be that's a trap, baby. That's right a there. trap. That's, that's a, trap. a trap. All you like, yes men out there, y'all can go to hell. Like, oh, Y'all keeping me down. It's like just we went walking through the mall yesterday, girl. You good? You good? You good? You good? You good? Yeah. I think, I think it's being mindful of 
having an internal conversation with yourself and if you make a decision not to let anybody externally like convince you or like to convince you to settle almost or convince you that oh no you fine because although I get why they do it they're not also gonna be the same person that more than likely are not gonna be there while you're forcing yourself to to do something that you need to do because they're gonna be like oh well you seem like you're all right so what you going to the gym for you don't need to you good girl you 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 know you you fine yeah even though it's something that that was important to you so I definitely exactly being aware of those dynamics and not necessarily involving or looking for acknowledgement for some, for, uh, sometimes from those social supports because you're like oh they're gonna look at what is seemingly gonna make me happier or what's gonna be easier for me but that's not always what, the best thing for me absolutely stop making excuses for yourself horse oh y'all so what do we have this week for Trapper's Digest. Trapper's Digest. It's a really random song, um, but fuck it. All right. The song is called Niggas. It is by Kamaya. If you don't know who Kamaya is, I don't really know how to help you with that. I mean, she don't get a lot of radio play on the East Coast, but maybe on the West Coast. She gets a lot of the Bay, right? Yeah. I bet they play her a lot there, though. Yeah, I feel like they play her a lot there. But if you on this side of the map, you probably, you might know her, you might not. Anyways, this song is called niggas here we go it says i got a nigga out in oakland he be riding for me gives me head to my red then i ride him to sleep cruise the streets in his jeep to the ride of my freak we don't tell nobody nothing we just lie and we creep and the same damn roads like nobody knows nothing we be knocking boots licking ass and we tongue kiss hit the back room come back my dress unzipped he gonna zip it back before they notice we be fucking a freak like me and i'm a freak like him he's a freak in the sheets flexible i bend when he gets me alone lord knows i sin one time then again and again and again now i chose this song specifically because in this song kamaya she talks about just niggas just like everywhere like she has a nigga out in oakland she has a nigga down south, like she got a nigga in New York, like she got a nigga in Miami, like she just got niggas everywhere, like she, it's just all over the place. Miss Mamas is like emotional closeness is, is, is not a thing for her. She does not have a secure attachment style with no damn body but her coochie. And you know what? Mm. Fine by her. Um, and if you are living that life, fine by you. Live your best life. Do it like it's your bidet. Um, but you're also going to have to practice at some point in time how to actually be in a secure relationship with somebody and have a secure attachment style if that's something that you probably want, which we all crave that. So I feel like people who say they just want, they don't care, they want to be single and alone for the rest of their life. I feel like they're lying. I think people say that like don't want to do the work which is okay. I, I think that people who are in that place, like, oh, the work to maintain that, mm. I'm, not, I'm not trying to devote my time and energy to that right now. So I think it can be dependent on what you got going on with your career or whatever it is. Um, but I think that's kind of what I usually find is people are very much like, I have enough, a lot of stuff to do. And, and I think it can be a protective thing. Like if I know when I'm in a relationship, I get caught up into whoever I'm with so deep that it I start to um not avoid but not really be you start to desert your own yeah or like not be attentive to other things that it might be like oh for me to be able to focus on other things I can't be emotionally invested somebody because when I do I go I'll be crazy 
I go to war. It's like I'm crazy as hell. Like, please don't talk to me because it's gonna be crazy. And I don't want to. I don't, I'm tired. I don't want to like I don't want to be anxious and acting crazy. Just please leave me alone. Please. please, please. Yeah, child. And the song, she's like, he said he want to be my boyfriend, but he can't tie me down because I don't really want to be his girlfriend, at least not right now. That's her chorus. So, you know. She ain't ready. She not ready. And I, and I think if you with somebody that is telling you that and they're not ready, you got to leave them. You need to leave them the hell alone and you need to leave them alone now. If she's telling you that, I'm not trying to be or I'm not trying to have a title. And I'm up. Oh, you have a good evening. You take care. Unless you two are in that same place where it's like, I don't, they, I don't. They don't. Both of them don't be. Somebody always the crazy one. Always be like, somebody always is rationalizing in their head. Well, they say that, but I'm going to stick around. But they don't that. really mean that. And it's like, no, they do. They do mean that. That's when we have to go by what people say and not by what they do. If that's what the conversation was. That's what it is. But you know, sometimes people's words and their actions don't be lined up and they be confused with people. But that's a, that's a podcast for another day. Yeah, listen, that's very true. But that's why I always say take them at their word because what at the end of the day they'll throw it back your face and say, Well, I told you this. This is what I said. <laughs> oh, they go they go flip it back on you be like, We're not in a relationship though. And that one right there be and making that, me that might be crazy. That might be the coldest thing that you can say something to be like, but you, but you're not my girl though, baby. I I'll knock all this shit over. That that right there had will have somebody crying all mother not. Mm. You my- gotta be a cold son of a gun to be like. <laughs> it's a low down dirty. You monkey. a low down dirty monkey with a wig on. People like you not. We not even together though. So like, you not my nigga. I- that's great. Uh, and we just spent every single day together, and I spent every holiday with you, and we've been exchanging gifts, and you've been sleeping over here at my house. You got a drawer. And my mama be talking to you when I'm on the phone with her. You be like, I will, you know what? Break every chain. That's all I can say. Break every chain. You hear me? Every chain. <laughs> Every single one. Oh, Lord. That was my traffic side just the niggas by Kamaya. It's actually really good, Bob. So y'all should listen to that. All right. So um, my Trapper's Digest this week is Waikisha by Moneybag, yo. Oh, I'm sitting here looking at Keisha like, do she love me? Do she yeah, love me not? So the specific part is I picked out is one minute I'm done with you. The mm. next one Go your way. I go my way, but somehow we be still attached. Oh, Jesus. I find my answers with this cup, but ain't no truth in that. They be like, I'm done for fucking with you. I spend stupid rat. I'm sitting here knowing I don't need you pouring O's in the lid, sipping, chasing with my reefer. Can't get my mind off the Keisha. Mm. Watch me put my heart in this cup and my feelings. She my therapist. I'm going to talk to this cup. This man is struggling with addiction. Okay. He's gotta he let is, that. He's gotta let that lean go. He is addicted to lean. He's addicted. He talking but to I, that cup and say it's his therapist. That's sick. Listen, but I think it's it's. But I think I just kind of when I thought about it and I looked at, it, I said, oh, I'm just relating to bad habits. That is very much that's how it feels. I'm done with you. I'm done with this shit. And then the next thing I know, we back in the same dynamic. Um, or I'm back to these bad habits. We go separate ways, but it's, it's still it's almost like. 
it's so easy to just like, oh, damn, before I know I'm back in this bad habit, I'm back in this bad situation, I'm back to, you know, whatever it was that I have, you know, that's been, that's had me hooked. Um, and then I think that within, you know, it to me, it very much relates to stage of change because it's like, oh, I'm going to take care of something, I'm doing it. And I'm like, girl, I don't know what happened. One weekend, it was a bad weekend. Next thing I know, I'm back to my default. I'm back to where I have been. Um, and it takes a lot of time, whether you're trying to kick addiction or a relationship, a bad job, whatever it is, a bad habit. You know, I think that you, this is kind of what it feels like. It, it's one minute, it's great. I'm, I'm serious, I'm on it. And then, you know, two weeks from now, it's almost like you never had the conversation with yourself. It's like nothing ever changed. Um, right. So that's why I chose this song because I think that it just relates to what our bad habits do to us. Like that we just get into, we once you develop a bad habit and you're, you become so codependent with it, it just becomes almost a part of who you are. And so it becomes, it takes a long time to really kick a bad habit, whatever that may look like um, to you. And that it's okay to have a few false starts and be like, you know, I had to try to get rid of this about four or five times before I actually was able to really do it. And, you know, it doesn't matter how long that, you know, you always have to be mindful of not getting back into situations that haven't served you or that have not gave you the the peace of mind that you wanted and I think it's just being very being mindful that it's okay that but that it, it takes a few times like even if it's a breakup we're gonna have to break about a good five times before I'd be serious you well know, I first, get it right for the first time four times was practice the fifth one I'm I'm this dead ass serious now, now that's we, we ain't doing this no more right um and so yeah that's what I decided to do for my trapper's night that's with Waukesha shout out to money bag yo I want you to let go of that cup but let it go. I think I heard he did. He's been doing good lately. I That's sworn. good. That's good, Mario. I heard, I, I heard something. I don't know where I heard it from, but some the streets told me. I heard it from some damn where. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the streets, my um trap song of the week is <laughs> How You Did That by Gunna and Kodak Black. Oh, ignorant black ass. Oh, goodness. Oh, Kodak. That song really be just I be in my car like just vibing like yeah on the way to work by the council some cheering listening to Kodak and Gunner it makes me feel good on the inside not you out here blasting the young Kodak I sure do and I roll up to my school with my um with my music blasting because who's gonna check me boo you right you right you right what's your chat song of the week my trap song for the week is by Mona Leo. Mm-hmm. Uh, we not humping. It's just very. <laughs> I love that bitch. It's just very straight to the point. We not uh, put put that up. Put put. Uh, we not humping. I'm I'm not doing none of that. No. And it, I don't know. It just spoke to me this week that I was just like, no. did it? But we not. We not. Mm-mm, I'm. Mm-mm, it don't. It don't matter what you say, what you talk about. Like, we not humping, though. We so, not doing that, sweetie. That's what, if that's what you're trying to get, oh, let me just let you know now. We not humping. Like, if that's what you want, Pooh, nah, I'm going to let you know now. Nah. I don't got nothing for you, baby. So, so yeah, like, I like they play her a lot down here. So, like, she always, this might beat down your block. Like, so you I, know she from Houston. She a Houston hottie. Why, like, and I think it, I think in the other song, beating down your block. That's my song. Beat down your block, taking niggas from the gas. Well, she was like, I, listen, 
You better not take your ass to jail because <laughs> I'm not I holding your ass down. I'm holding me down for nothing. You know, you know how and she long. said if you think I'ma sweat you, you watch your motherfucking mind. You know how long I'm a I'll hold somebody down, Jess. How long? Until the cop hit the car and be like, hold stay tight. Hold tight. That's as that's as long as I'm gonna hold you down. I can't I can't hold no nigga. Don't I'm not holding no nigga in jail, damn. Yeah, I'm not judging nobody that does, but I yeah, don't. that's you, that's you, and 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 all the best to you. But for me and my own personal life, it's not gonna happen. But I don't have time. I put money on like books and phones and stuff. I don't have time for all that. I just can't. <laughs> I can't. I can't. They be calling eight all times with a DM day trying to talk to you with yeah, like. And don't you like have to answer? Like you have to stop what you're doing. Correct. No matter what time, but they be having cell phones in jail. So I'm like, once you when you get your phone in there, then call me. Don't call me on the regular phone because that I don't even know how much that costs per minute now. Child, I'll be looking at TikToks. I'ma send some to you. And the niggas in jail, they be looking like they be having a ball. I'll be like, <laughs> it's lit. they be on TikTok having a ball. I'll be like, honey, what is going on here? The fact that they be on doing tiktok challenges in jail i just be like i, I don't i don't know how to feel about this i mean I, I want you guys to live a normal life and normalcy i mean it's supposed to be re- uh, rehabilitation it ain't supposed to be like but at the same time i'm like y'all ain't afraid that y'all might get out what if your co seated <laughs> see your tiktok what you gonna do because how do you like how do you not how do you say that? What, you, what do you say if you go in and meet with your CEO and they want to talk to you and then they pull up this video of you doing a damn twerk challenge and then it's like, what do you say to that? I don't, that ain't me. What, what do you say? They see you doing the hours and hours challenge singing in your cell and they're like, great talent, but what is this? Yeah, what is this? And this was posted 10 minutes ago, baby. Where, where the fuck was you at? Where was you at doing this damn video? I'm just very curious. I just want, I would like to know. We need, I need to, so many questions. Get a pen pal. A jail pen pal. Oh, that sounds like, I don't, that's not my ministry. I I know my limits and that's one of them. I can't do it. That ain't me. Shout out to y'all that do it for holding, for holding people down. Thank you for holding down for the rest of society. I I can't do it. No not gonna happen all right guys well thank you guys for tuning in for another episode of trap therapy we'll be back in two weeks with a brand new spanking episode um and yeah Rollis, do you have anything to say it was fun <laughs> high drama high comedy all of the above and yeah where i mean we both look like two tired bitches right now and you know <laughs> if you at least got one little fat of psychoeducation out of this out of our all of our exhaustion um we we appreciate you just trying to save one sinner at a time that's all we could do just just one we just need one of y'all one of y'all to listen to us and damn it we did our job that's reach one teach one no child left behind absolutely All right. Bye, y'all. Bye.